This is episode 481 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Avoiding and Treating Hypothermia and Frostbite. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, I hope you are part of the Prepper Website email list. Every Saturday, I send out uh, the Saturday prep, I guess that's what I call it. And uh, basically, it's just an idea of some, maybe a video, maybe a podcast, maybe some articles that I thought were interesting that didn't get put on Prepper website. And maybe they don't even have anything to do with Prepper website or preparedness in in general, but uh, they do affect us maybe. And so I share that out and that has become one of the most popular features of the email list. And so it wasn't meant to be like that, but it's something that uh, people seem to, to really enjoy. So if you are not part of the email list, uh, there is a link in the show notes and you can go be a part of it. You can sign up and you'll get that every Saturday. Of course, you'll also get, uh, you know, whenever I send out an email and usually I try to be very consistent and send out something like on Tuesday morning and then Saturday morning. Sometimes there are times where I send out other things as well. And of course, people don't like spam emails and I definitely do not like to do spam. If I send out an email, it's something that I think that is worth it and it's valuable. Of course, not everybody sees it that way. And so, you know, you get people to unsubscribe in which that's fine. If you don't want to be a part of the email list, it's not going to really hurt my feelings, but there is some value there for the Saturday prep email as well as the Tuesday emails. And so if you are not on the email list, then I'm going to encourage you to uh, to sign up for that. And you can get that on, the like I said, on the, in the show notes, or you can come on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com or really any of the websites will get you a link to where you can sign up for that. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from BackdoorSurvival.com. And the article is entitled, Avoiding and Treating Hypothermia and Frostbite. Now, one of the things I consider when I think about the type of topics that I do for the podcast, is like, does this affect everyone? Or at least, you know, can it affect a, a lot of people out there? And when we talk about hypothermia and frostbite, a lot of people will imagine, hey, this is happening more in, you know, up north and when it's really, really cold and you know, blizzard conditions and all that kind of stuff. But that is totally false. Hypothermia and frostbite can happen even in warmer climates. And it's really about your temperature and the temperature outside and your body temperature and all those things, all those, all those things working uh, together and sometimes even working against you. And one of the things that I was thinking about just recently is I have a coworker who uh, had you know a family member almost lose fingers and they live here in the Houston area. And if you can imagine, I'm recording this very beginning of January, you know, for the Monday podcast and it is 70 something degrees outside. It is crazy. We had to turn on our AC for a little bit and uh, sinuses and, and it's just going crazy because the changes in the temperature. 
but you guys up north, you know, y'all are having these crazy blizzard conditions. But anyway, um, I digress. Let me get back to what I was talking about. You know, not chasing rabbits over here. So I have a coworker who, um, you know, their family likes to go and they like to explore. They like to go, you know, mountain climbing and all that kind of stuff. And they were mountain climbing and hiking and doing, you know, long hiking trips, you know, where, you know, maybe a week worth where you're camping out and you're hiking and you're doing that. I can't remember what trail they were on and exactly where they were at, but family member experienced a little bit of frostbite and they were losing fingers. And the thing was, is that they started to feel a little bit of that. They came back home to Houston and Houston doctors, it just like the doctor that they were going to, and this was a specialist was almost like, Hey, okay, you're going to lose your fingers. And they're like, well, we're not satisfied with that. We're wanting to, you know, to look at what we can do. So they did their own research. And uh, the last time I heard things were a lot better. There was still some numbness in the fingers, but she did not lose her fingers. Right. And so that's, that's a, a cool thing, but you know, anybody can experience this and they were not, I mean, this was not you know, blizzard conditions. This wasn't even really in the cold season. I think this was around September, August. And, uh, you know, it was pretty mild temperatures, but there was swings in the temperatures and in the body temperature and all those kind of types of things play into it. So this is something that everyone really needs to be aware of and know the signs. And I like this article because it talks about that. So let me quit yapping. Let me go ahead and get right to this article. There's a lot of good stuff here. All right, so avoiding and treating hypothermia and frostbite. Coming to you from BackdoorSurvival.com. Cold weather is already a part of life in many parts of the country. Even here in the southeast, we are experiencing colder temperatures that have led to us closing the vents and making sure that everything is ready to go when those 20 degrees Fahrenheit nights become the normal way of life. If you like to get outside for recreation, hunting, and other pursuits, then staying warm is important. Those of you that are in the warmer area should still be aware of hypothermia. It is totally possible to get hypothermia when it is 60 degrees outside and you get wet and cannot get dry. I live in the mountains of North Carolina and people that come to visit are in the mindset that they are in the south, so how could they get hypothermia in the spring or summer? It just takes getting wet and the temps being mild. Some rivers are very cold here. A few years back, we went rafting on the Nantahala River, and despite wearing pretty good gear, Matt and I were cold. I had on sandals, and my feet felt frozen. This was August 1st, and it was a cloudy, slightly rainy day. Hypothermia can happen in all but the very warmest climatic zones. So, true hypothermia versus just being a bit chilled. So when body heat dips below 95 degrees, the person will start to show some signs of hypothermia. So here are some signs of hypothermia. We're going to start off with mild hypothermia. So mumbling and grumbling, speech that is uncharacteristic of the victim is a sign for sure. Even someone that is normally a happy-go-lucky type will often grumble and mumble a lot if they start to get chilled enough. Then sudden personality changes. If someone was happy a few hours ago, but their mood has turned much darker or they are just acting off, you should check them out. People tend to get quieter when they are experiencing a major drop in body temperature. Then obvious shivering or teeth chattering in some cases. So what about severe hypothermia? This type of hypothermia means it has progressed to the point of being life-threatening. 
minutes count a lot when someone reaches this point. In addition to some of the signs of mild hypothermia, severe cases also exhibit the following symptoms. Loss of balance or coordination, trouble standing, using hands for small tasks, or weaknesses are definite signs of severe hypothermia. Shivering has stopped. Body temperature has reached a point where it is below 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Speech is very slurred or not at all understandable. The victim may attempt to take off all their clothes. So here are some tips to avoid hypothermia, followed by treatments you can do yourself. Number one, don't wear cotton when you know you will be outside and possibly in rough conditions during cold or wet weather. Always wear a good hat and add a scarf if conditions are very cold. Synthetic clothing is not as expensive as it once was even if you get really good brands. I love cotton for comfort, but it is terrible under wet conditions. Invest in synthetics for everyone in your family. Number two, have excellent rain gear. I thought it was a lot for a raincoat when I saw my mountain hardware coat for $100. I caught a sell and got it for $50, but it was the most I ever paid for just a raincoat. This was a good investment. My bottoms are L.L. Bean ski pants with some insulation because normally when I need something like this, I need the warmth as well. Again, they were a clearance special and had served me well. Good rain gear is your protective shell and one of the most important ways to protect against hypothermia, no matter what you have on underneath. This is one reason it is always a good idea to keep at least an emergency poncho in your car. So number three is be aware when you stop physical activity, you can cool off fast. When you are moving, you have a lot of body heat to rely on, but as soon as you stop, that advantage can quickly dissipate. This means you need to make sure to put something on sooner rather than later after stopping activity during cold or wet conditions. Rain gear can lead to a lot of heat and sweat retention depending on how well what you buy breathes. Have layers available and use them wisely. The number four is remember that smaller people get colder faster than bigger ones. Kids get colder faster than adults, but the same is true for smaller adults. Kids are also burning off calories very fast and using some of them for growth and development. Take plenty of extra food for them when doing an activity during the cold months. There is a reason why a lot of people tend to gain weight for the winter and lose it in the spring. It is a very old survival technique. The problem nowadays is that we often gain but don't lose it all because of the modern lifestyle and work duties. So number six is try to avoid doing chores or activities when temps and weather are particularly bad. I realize that you have to get out and do stuff and some of you live in places where winter often means minus 20 or minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit at times. But even so, it is wise to plan to feed the animals and such for the warmest part of the day. If a particularly bad storm is on the way, then consider putting out extra food and not venturing out to the chicken coop that day. Planning a little bit can make things a lot easier. Number seven is pay attention to weather forecasts and use them strategically. Getting caught out in your car in a blizzard or storm without any way to keep warm beyond how long your heater can be a very dangerous situation. Some very isolated roads may mean that help is a lot further away than it seems when you are driving it on a good day. Now, weather forecasts can also help you make sure you have all the supplies you need 
to keep all the family and your livestock and pets warm and safe during a major winter weather event. I was always thankful that my dad and uncle always kept the house well stocked so when the weather turned foul in North in the North Cascades, it did not matter that we were 10 miles away on treacherous roads from the nearest grocery store or 5 miles from a gas station. This was well before anyone had access to a local radar online all the time. The FM radio and shortwave transceiver was our main source of news since we had no cable television. All right, so I just want to stop really quick here. There was times as an assistant principal, my duty in the morning time was the morning bus duty. And kids would come off the bus when it was cold. And I mean, sometimes they were in shirts and a t-shirt and it would just drive me nuts. I mean, we're talking about really cold temperatures and and a lot of the times it was just parents didn't pay attention or parents didn't care and the kids are like, hey, I'm fine, you know? And, you know, I guess when you're waiting at the bus stop for a little bit and then the bus comes and you get on, a lot of the times the buses are heated and then you're you're only getting out for a short time. But it's still not smart, right? I mean, that's not, that's just people are not thinking in those terms. But then there was all those there was always times when the temperature was going to be fair during the morning time and then it was we were going to get a cold front during the day and it was it would always just really get everyone because they weren't paying attention to the weather. And really there's no excuse nowadays with all the different resources that we have. I mean everybody who has a smartphone has the ability to put a weather app on their phone and to be able to you know pull that up whenever they need to in the morning time they can pull that up or even in the evening time to be able to prepare for the morning time as far as maybe what clothes your kid needs to wear or how you need to dress or maybe if you are a commuter and you catch the train or whatever and you know that hey you need to have your raincoat or your rain gear to because you're going to be out there in the elements And so it's always smart. We have that. And even if you are someone like, I don't have a smartphone, I don't have, that's not something I want to do, which would be rare to someone listening to a podcast. But I know that there's some people out there who download the podcast and drop it onto an MP3 player. But there's always, um, always the, you know, weather radios and you have those. And I would recommend everybody have one of those. You can get them for $30, $40 in like the one that I have. Well, if there is an alert, will just go off. So you'll hear a tone and the weather radio will just go off without you having to press it. And so there are other ones that you can buy really, really cheap. Remember back in the day when Radio Shack, I guess before Radio Shack went bankrupt or whatever, you could get that little cube and you can just click, you know, click the the button and then you would hear the weather and then click it off. And so, you know, some of you still might have some of those laying around and they work well. I mean, they, they work really well. So there's really no excuse nowadays to be better prepared for the weather because there's just so many different resources out there. And so if you don't have something like that, think about investing in that. Find the best weather app. And that, that's one of the things I'm very careful about all the apps that I put on on my phone and not necessarily because of well, part of it is because of Big Brother and all that kind of stuff. And I don't want, you know, I try to minimize the access to my phone. I don't put games on my phone and different things like that. But one of the things I don't like to clutter it up because it just makes the phone, it bogs the phone down as far as resources and and all that kind of stuff. So I really struggle with the best weather app. I've played around with some different ones and maybe that's something I need to look at. Again, a lot of the times I just go to weather.com and you know i have my my zip code already tied in there and so i'm able to see it and uh and and look at it that way 
but uh, there's really no reason why you have so many different resources nowadays that you cannot be prepared for the weather. All right, so enough of that. Let's go ahead and keep moving with number eight is eat well and stay hydrated. Being exposed to cold weather in wet conditions is no time to stick to a diet. You should make sure to avoid burning more calories than you consume when exposed to these conditions. Staying well hydrated is also helpful in preventing hypothermia. If you can drink something warm or hot, it is even better. You have probably noticed that you crave more calories when the temps outside start to dip. When Matt and I were living in a camper that we struggled to keep 60 degrees Fahrenheit when winter temps were 0 to minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit, we consumed more food. The same thing happened when we moved into the house and did not get the insulation in until temperatures had already plummeted. I know a lot of people try to keep the heat on low or avoid turning it on until they have to in the winter, but it sure means craving more food. I sometimes wonder how much it really saves people. Remember that being cold also makes a lot of people much grumpier than they realize. So there is that to consider as well. Number nine is avoid stopping and cooling off if you find yourself or someone in your group is unprepared. A lot of stop and go can contribute to hypothermia sometimes. It can be a tough call if someone is exhausted or already suffering from symptoms, but if you are close to being able to get to a warm house or a car, don't stop unless you have no choice. Evaluate your situation and do what you think is best, but remember every stop you make encourages drops in the temperature. And number 10, be extremely careful when near water or icy frozen over rivers, ponds, etc. Falling into icy water is never a good thing. Backdoor Survival has an excellent post on how to survive a fall through the ice that is worth looking at if you are near a lot of icy waters throughout the cold months. So treating hypothermia. If someone is showing signs of hypothermia, the sooner you start treatment, the better. Here are some guidelines for providing care. Remain calm and be gentle. People that are suffering from hypothermia are not thinking straight and can be very sensitive on an emotional level. Find the best shelter you can. Getting out of wet conditions and cold drafts is important. A warm house is ideal, but any shelter is better than nothing. A rock ledge and building a fire can save someone's life. Any wet clothing or footwear should be removed. It is better to be naked by a fire than be sitting in wet clothes. Clothing can be wrung out and allowed to dry. Provide dry clothing and or blankets. An emergency blanket or a bivy is excellent. Hypothermia victims must be warmed up gradually. Too fast can cause problems. A warm, dry compress like a heating pad or hand warmers are options if you have them. Then give as many warm beverages to the person suffering as they can drink, but make sure they don't chug too fast. Warm beverages like broth or even just water help body heat to gradually rise and is comforting. Soup is a good choice too because of the additional nutrition it provides. Calories help you stay warmer or heat up when cold. Frostbite can be present in addition to hypothermia. Frostnip versus frostbite. The Mayo Clinic uses the term frostnip to describe the milder forms of frostbite. This is not that serious if treated promptly. Warm up that affected area slowly and avoid future exposure. So signs of frostnip or frostbite. Frostbite is most common in extremities or the exposed skin of the face and neck. 
A good scarf or face mask goes a long way towards preventing cold injury to the face and neck, and if you breathe through it, the chill is taken off the air you are taking in. Tingling or pins and needles feeling from the cold. I have experienced this out playing in the snow and getting my hands wet or from not having thick enough gloves on. This also brought back memories of washing dishes outside when it was too cold and we were living rough to build the house. Numbness. If you start to not feel something, then this is a major sign something is wrong and you need to get warmed up. Hard skin that appears waxy. And discoloration of the skin. With frostbite, the skin may turn red, white, bluish, or even have on a yellow hue. Inability to use extremities with skill. Not being able to tie your shoelaces is an example. So remember that the treatment recommended in the post are basic and not a substitute for getting medical attention as soon as possible if severe hypothermia symptoms are present. Getting someone warmed up and dry immediately is very important, but after that you may need more help. Don't wait for a doctor to start the warming up process. Severe hypothermia and frostbite may require a lot of attention from a trained medical professional. The risk of ventricular fibrillation is high with someone that is truly suffering from severe hypothermia. Moderate to severe frostbite needs to be evaluated and treated. Even mild frostbite needs to be monitored in cases of complication. Don't hesitate to seek help if there is no improvement. Losing even a toe is very serious and expensive due to medical costs and lost work time. All right, guys, so that is the article here from Backdoor Survival, Avoiding and Treating Hypothermia and Frostbite. A very serious, very serious topic because a lot of the times we don't take it into consideration. We're out there, we're playing, we're not thinking about our, or, you know, enjoying ourselves, enjoying nature, not really thinking about temperature drops and how our body is reacting, not thinking about how much water we're taking in or how hydrated we are. And then we can have these complications. So it's good to know the signs, but then also, you know, so that you don't catch yourself in that situation, because you don't always know if someone that you are with is, if they're going to know the signs of hypothermia and frostbite. And so you want to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. You are responsible for yourself and for your family and for those that are around you. And so there's always things that you can do. You know, if you, a little bit of planning will prepare you not to make big, big mistakes. And so that even is, you know, wrapped up here in this topic, you know, hypothermia and frostbite. And so be uh, be smart, enjoy the outdoors and all that good stuff, but be smart and, and think about, you know, what's going on out there and just be aware. Again, the awareness is so important in, in being prepared and even in your own body and your own temperatures and things like that. So great article. I hope this has been a blessing to you as uh, we go ahead and close out this podcast. Uh, like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes and you can go over. There's a lot of articles that you can click on and uh, you know jump to from there. All right, guys. So that is it for episode 481. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.